0: Hi, and welcome to the Bluff Church Podcast. Each week we bring you the Sunday message from the Bluff Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you like our podcast, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment and leave a review on your favorite listening platforms on iTunes or Google Play. Your review helps other listeners find our podcast. For more information about The Bluff, we invite you to visit our website at thebluff.church or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for The Bluff Church. If you live in the Popper Bluff area, we invite you to come be a part of the Bluff on any Sunday at 1027 a.m. in the ballroom of the Holiday Inn. Now here's this week's message. Hey, how's everyone doing today? Oh, let me lower my voice so I won't sound weird. Okay, this morning we're going to be talking about service. At home, there's tasks that need to get done. Someone's got to take out the trash. Someone's got to do the laundry. Someone's got to clean the dishes. There's jobs that need to get done. Am I going to keep banging? How's it? The- Yeah, it seems to be good. Test one, two, three, okay. And the person that should be leading in the service that needs to happen in your house is you. You should be the great servant. There's something weird going on here. Testing one, two, three. Okay. Why don't I just lower this? There we go. <clears throat> And not only should you be leading at home, you should be leading at work. The person that that cleans up the microwave, the person that's taking care of everyone else should be you, regardless of your role at work. Whether you're the boss, whether you're an employee, you should be leading the charge in service. At church, we have a lot of tasks that need to get done. We need someone to set up and tear down. We need help in kids' areas. And you should be leading the charge when it comes to service because that's what a Christian does. Christians always take the lead when it comes to serving others. And sometimes... That's really hard. <laughs> um, there's probably no example of how important it is for Christians to be servants. There's no better example than Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. In John chapter 13, Jesus washes all of his disciples' feet and uses this event as a platform to teach them how they should live and how they should treat people throughout their life. (laughs) Washing feet is a custom that is really old, but it's not something you found in everyone's house. I grew up in Missouri, so I'm used to when I go to someone's house, I just kind of walk in. I take my shoes, I go in the living room, I go in the dining room, I just take my shoes everywhere in the whole house. Does anyone have a house like that where someone comes in and they just walk all through your house. Yeah, now, is there anyone here that when someone comes in the door, you, you point out, oh, here's where you can leave your shoes. Anyone have that house? There's a few, not as many. When I went to Ohio, I found out that that was the norm. You go in someone's house, and most people, there are still some where you just truck on through, but most tend to say, oh, here's where we leave our shoes. Oh, I take my shoes off here. And then you go through their house barefoot or in your socks. Even houses though that you don't take your shoes off, you still have a welcome mat. And you still kind of expect everyone that walks through your door to get that dirt off their feet. Do you know why? Because our feet are filthy. Everywhere we go, we pick up dirt and dust and and we step on gum and all sorts of, junk. And so before we go in someone's house, it's good to clean our feet. And that's what they did 2000 years ago. It was most common to wash your own feet. You come in someone's house, you get down, you take off your leather sole and your strings, your sandals, you would wash your feet and then you'd go through the house. You don't take your dirty feet through the house. But if it was a certain type of house, a well-to-do house where there was a servant, a slave, that person would wash everyone's feet. It was a lowly position. It wasn't common, but it was common. It was, people knew that, yes, you can go in someone's house, and if, if they had a servant, they would probably wash your feet, and so you'd, you'd let them do all the work. <laughs> well, you just continued to talk. So for Jesus to wash his disciples' feet is for him to take the role of a slave. It was this lowly, lowly position. And I wanna look at the story. Let's look at the first part of the story. Before he goes into, before we learn about exactly his washing feet, it prepares us by telling us what Jesus was thinking right before he washed everyone's feet. John chapter 13, verse 3 to 5. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garment and taking a towel, tied it around his waist, and he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So he doesn't just say, you know, someone needs to get this job done. It says that Jesus knew that God had placed all things under him. He knew that he had come from God. He knew the magnitude of his service. He knew that he had come from God himself. The service of God, the service of Jesus is Incredible because this is God serving his disciples. You know, all those omnis, those omnis about God. I have a few people shaking their head, yes, already. There's all these omnis, all the omnis are the parts of God that we really don't understand, but we, we pretend that we understand. There's the omnipresent aspect of God, meaning that God is everywhere all at the same time. It it kind of says that in scripture because it says things like this, heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. Omnipresent. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heights, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I g- rise on the <laughs> far side of the sea, even there you find me. It's this God who is everywhere and so aware of everything all that time. I can't even imagine what that's like. To be a God that is everywhere all the time, I can't, I can't fathom that. The only thing I know what's going on is right here. This is it. And with my peripheral, maybe I can get up to here. <laughs> and the truth is, is usually I don't even know what's going on right in front of me. I, I'm, I'm so contained. I'm so, I'm so isolated. I, I don't know what's going on in the next room. This is God. And Jesus went from being God as a servant, contained in in the cell of a human skin. And at one point, Jesus was everywhere all the time and now he's born and you see him on a timeline. (laughs) There he is. His service, the magnitude of his service is incredible. Just becoming a person. And Jesus is thinking about this right before he washed his disciples' feet, the fact that he had come from God and he's returning to God. There's the omnipresent, there's the omniscient, this all-knowing aspect of God where he just knows everything. I can't, wouldn't that be awesome to just know everything? You just, you just know it. Some of this knowledge comes from the fact that, that he's just been around the block for so long. He told Job, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. (laughs) I've been around the block and some of the knowledge of God is just the fact that he's been around. But he's this God that's able to know everything from how many hairs you have on your head to what's going on in your thoughts and in your heart. And he went from this this all-knowingness that I can't even fathom to being a little baby with a brain that needs to be developed. He had to learn how to talk and how to walk. He became, he became a, a person. And I don't know how much knowledge was in the head of the adult Jesus, <laughs> I don't know if he just walked around knowing everything. I don't know when that brain was developed and I don't know the extent of his knowledge, but I know for him to become a person, he gave up so much. And Jesus is thinking about this before he washed his disciples' feet. He's thinking, I came from God and now I'm gonna be returning to God. You have this omnipotent, the the all-powerful, being able to do anything you wanted, being able to speak creation into existence, part the Red Sea, turn this person into a pillar of salt. You can do whatever you want. You're God. And he left this all-powerful nature to being a person that if he tripped, he'd scrape his knee, to being a person that, that if you pierced his side, he would bleed, if you, if you crucify him, he would suffocate. He went from all powerful to, to weak. And, and, and he went from this eternal nature of God. Does it ever hurt your brain to try to think about the fact that God comes from eternal past? Would never, you just try to go, so, so he's just always been there? and it hurts your brain trying to think about it. I can't even comprehend what I'm talking about with these things as he he's he, he's not on the timeline he, he comes from eternal past he goes into eternal future he he's god and he, and this god became a child that was born and began this god became a person who suffocated and died. That, that is what was going on in Jesus' head. As he was getting ready to wash his disciples' feet, he went, all this authority has now been given to me. I've come from God, and I'm gonna be returning to God. And so now I'm gonna teach my disciples what service is all about. And so he poured water in a basin, put a towel around his waist, and got down on his knees, the son of God, to wash the feet of his disciples. As he started to wash their feet, he came to one of my favorite biblical characters, Peter. I love Peter. Peter, the reason I love him is because he always says the wrong thing at the wrong time. Always, you can always count that if there's something dumb that's said, Peter's the guy that says it. And this, this story is no exception. And you just see how he goes from one end of the spectrum to the other as, as he's coming to Peter's feet and he gets to Peter and, and, and he goes, Lord, you're gonna wash my feet? And Jesus says, well, you don't understand what I'm doing right now. Later you'll understand, just bear with me. And he says, No, Lord, you shall never wash my feet. And so Jesus looks at him and says, Well, if I don't wash you, you can have no share with me. You can't have anything to do with me. So then Peter, <laughs> just like Peter would do, going one extreme to the other, he goes, oh, Okay, well, then wash my hands and my head. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about, Peter? That's just Peter, he he just dives in. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. But I wanna look, does it seem harsh to you what Jesus told Peter? He says, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Fine, (laughs) I get it, you wash my feet. Does that seem harsh to you? What's Jesus talking about? As Jesus is coming to Peter and Peter's saying, no, you can't be my servant. And Jesus looks at him and says, if I don't serve you, you can't have anything to do with me because to be Christian is to be served by God. That's what it is. If you are too prideful to let God serve you, you can't have anything to do with God. Our faith begins with Jesus dying on a cross for your sins as a great act of service to be your sacrifice. He serves you. Your whole life with him is him wanting to have a relationship with you by by beckoning you to pray to him and to make requests known to him. He wants to be your servant. And if you do not allow him to serve you, you can't have anything to do with him. It's a very important principle in the Christian faith. And all this is going to wrap up to to the reality of our servant. Now, I'm going to tell you, a few years ago, this is one of the biggest struggles. I mean, I was sick to my stomach trying to decide if I was going to serve in a certain way. I was sick. I had just come from a prospective new member's house. His former pastor had called me and said that he had a gentleman who had been a member of his church for years that had moved in the area and the gentleman had a lot of issues and was having troubles finding anyone who would be able to accommodate his needs so that he could attend a church. I thought, oh, well, I'm a big servant. I'll accommodate his needs. Yeah, I'll meet him. Uh, we'll see what it is. So I go and I meet this gentleman and sit down with him. And he was a lonely man who deeply wanted a church. Wow. He had some big issues, though. First, he was disabled. He was born with no arms, which meant he couldn't drive. And so as I talked to him, he talked about how that was one of his struggles, was finding a church that could provide transportation for him. I said, well, we don't have like a transportation ministry going on, but we do have some servants in the church and some that even live close to you. I might be able to arrange a ride. I'd have to make some phone calls and see if that's possible. He said, well, I need to tell you what the real issue is, though, and why I'm having troubles going to church. I said, okay, I'm a felon. oh, I had no idea. Is it armed robbery? What? 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 I mean, ha, what is this? Ha, you're a felon? I said, you're, really? He said, yes, I spent time in prison. He said, I'm no longer on parole. I've served my time. I said, well, what? Can I ask what the charge was? He said, well, yeah, that's something I have to tell you, I'm a registered sex offender. Oh, you're a registered sex offender. Okay, Okay. well, I'll, I'll let you know then, we do allow registered sex offenders to come to our church, but we have a pretty strict policy. Um, our First of all, our insurance requires us to let our entire church congregation know who all the sex offenders are in the church if we are aware of it. And our policy is, is that you must have a chaperone at all times. So um, you will... From the moment you step foot on church property to the moment you drive away, someone has to be with you, and you're never allowed to be in the kids' areas, ever. And you can't go to any other events unless there's a chaperone, and no kids' events. And he didn't have kids, so unless his kids were there, it was our policy. I explained all this to him, and he said, Yeah, so I can come to your church? So, well, <clears throat> um, in theory, but now I have to find someone who's not only willing to pick you up, I have to find someone who's willing to spend every second with you while you're at church. And that might be, that might be harder. But I, I can call around and see if I can find that for you. He said, okay. I said, is there anything else? He said, well, there's one more thing. I can't do anymore, man. Okay, what is it? He said, well, I can do most things by myself, but I do have troubles going to the restroom. Oh. He said, yeah, so I, I might need help wiping. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if I'll be able to find this. Now, have you called this church? I, this is what <laughs> Seriously, this is what I did. I said, You called this church over here? Have you called? Yeah, okay, well, I'll get back with you. I left going, Oh, there's no way. How in the world am I going to find anyone, anyone in the church that's willing to drive over and pick this guy up, drive him to the church, stay with him the whole time, drive him home, and if he has to go to the restroom, you have to take him. I'm going, this is like an impossible task. And the truth is, is I can't dump this on any one person. I've got to somehow find like three or four different people that are willing to do this. So it's a rotation. I'm like, this is impossible. So I came to the office the next day. I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. But I felt obligated to at least try so I could say I tried. So I went through the church directory I wrote down the names of all the people that usually say yes. (laughs) All these great servants, right? You know if your pastor ever calls you, just let it go to voicemail. Yeah, Dave's calling, just let it go to voicemail, just test it out first, make sure everything's okay. You don't know what you're getting into yet. Oh man, I came up with like three or four names of men who in theory could, I call the first one. Hey, I've got this guy needs transportation. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, you know, he also has this issue. You need to stay with him the whole time. Oh, I mean, how often? Well, if I find some people, maybe like once a month or something. Goes well, maybe. I said, well, there's one more issue. If he has to go to the restroom, oh, I can't do that. Sorry, yeah, I understand. Done. I'm done. I made my phone calls, couldn't do it. I'm reaching for the phone to call this gentleman up and tell him he cannot come to my church. He just can't. Not every church is for everyone, right? I pick up the phone to call. And as I'm picking up the phone, my stomach starts to hurt. This light bulb goes on in my head and I go, oh no, oh no, I know how to get them to come to the church. Oh, I put the phone down, I'm sick to my stomach. I walked out to my secretary, Linda. I said, Linda, I know how to get them to come to church. She said, how? I said, I'm trying to ask people to do something that I'm not willing to do. If I take it off the plate, she's like, "Oh yeah, probably." I'm like, "Oh no, I do not want to do this." Lord, please, I don't want to do this task. I pick, up, I call the same person I had just talked to. They pick up the phone. I said, "Hey, it's Pastor Darren again." Um, I was thinking it was probably. It's probably wrong of me to try to put all this burden on one person, I, to, to be the person that picked him up and stayed with him the whole time and took him to the restroom. That, that's a lot. What, what if it was only picking him up and staying with him the whole time, and if he ever had to go to the restroom, you'd come and get me, and I would take him? And to my horror, the person said, oh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> no! No! Please! <laughs> I don't want to do this, Lord. But I'm trying to get others to do something that I wasn't willing to do. As Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he had had done this great act of service to come from God divinity to a place where he's on his knees, rubbing the dirt as a servant off of people's feet. And then He adds the teaching and he says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. It's never easy to be a servant because we're selfish. And because it causes us to lower ourselves and put ourselves in situations that we don't want to be in. But that's what a Christian does because that's what our Lord did for us. He served us. And every Christian in here ought to go home today determined to take the lead for service in your home. Christian men go home today and serve your wife. Grab that honey to-do list that she's had out for the past three years and get it done. Serve her. Christian wives, go home today and serve your husband. Treat him like a king, not to get something back but to lift him up. Parents, serve your children. Children, go home today. Every teen in the room, teens, raise your hand. Go home, clean your room. (laughs) Clean your room today and be a servant. Just clean the room. Go to work and be determined to shine out for Christ because I tell you, when the church enters this world and we are servants, it's noticed. Everyone notices. Go to work and be the greatest servant. Come to church next week and be a servant. Find a place you can serve here. Grab grab the card and read it through and and realize that you're probably not gonna have a great passion for any act of service you're gonna do at the church. And, And Christians always get together and say, okay, what's everyone's passion? I tell you what, here's the truth. There's a lot of the things we do at church. No one has a passion for it. We do it because it's service. We serve each other. Find a place where you can serve. Go out into your community. Look down your street and ask yourself how you can serve those who live down the block. And take what Christ has done for you and serve others with it. I am pleased, pleased to report this. After attending my church for two years, the no-armed Christian ended up moving again to another church I tried for months and never could find a church that would allow him to attend. But for the two years he was there, number one, he never used the restroom. (laughs) I was sweaty, I was sick to my stomach, but I at least yielded going, here it is. I had boughten latex gloves and I'd put them in the restroom to use should I need them. He never even needed him. But I'll tell you something. He taught us a lot about ourselves. He caused me to look into a mirror. He caused a lot of our members to look into a mirror and go, am I really going to be a servant here? Am I going to serve the least among us? Today, if Jesus Christ has never been your servant, if he's never washed your feet or washed away your sins, if you've never gone to the cross and taken your sins and laid them down at his feet and left them there, I wanna ask you today to get rid of your pride and to let Jesus serve you. If if you don't allow him to serve you, he won't have anything to do with you. Make him your Lord today. And if you've done that, and if he has served you, leave today determined to follow that example and to take it with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, I wanna thank you today for, for placing us in a situation where we can look squarely into what you've done for us and ask ourselves, are we willing to take that same heart, that same spirit of service and implement your love in the lives of those around us. And Lord, I pray that you would turn our hearts into something that really looks like you. Pray that we would serve you and that we would serve others. That we would, that we would not try to raise ourselves above everyone and force everyone to... To come to, to our needs. But we would always take the first step. I love you, Lord. And it's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.